You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 332.5. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. Hey team, it's Kim Eagle with the Earn That Body Podcast. Maybe you're laughing and wondering, why is this episode number 32.5, that is, because I realized I had to get this episode in. I had to squeeze it in between a couple, and it's because it's Halloween, and Halloween is the absolute most awesome holiday. I truly love it. I definitely loved it as a kid so much, and I wanted to give adults a few tips on how you can have a healthy Halloween. The kids is one thing, that's like a whole separate issue and a lot of these will definitely apply to your kids too. But do you ever feel like you're fit, you're healthy and then you just feel so sick the day after Halloween? Well, I have 10 tips to help my adult friends stay healthy with Halloween. Again, some of these you can apply to your household and your kids as well, but I really think it's gonna help you And I wanted to get this out there to you before Halloween hit. And even better than that, I'm launching this podcast early in case you have a Halloween party and you need to keep things in check. All right. So we're going to talk about all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, coming to you from Harvard Health Magazine, they are talking about one of the most important things for your health, and that would be sleep, something I talk about all the time. They say, what's keeping you from getting a good night's sleep? Now, remember the days, I certainly remember. Do you remember the days when you could crawl into bed at night and sleep straight through until the morning? Ah. I totally remember those days. But now perhaps you wake up several times each night wondering if you'll ever be able to go for those long stretches again. Now this change in sleep, it's called sleep fragmentation. It's a natural part of aging and generally nothing to worry about if you can still get seven to nine hours of nightly shut-eye. But I know for most of you, you do not get seven to nine hours of shut-eye, right? Now the concern comes when sleep fragmentation regularly reduces how many hours you sleep each night or keeps you from waking up and feeling refreshed. In that case, something else is probably contributing to the problem and it's probably time to identify it and treat it. Because everyone, I talk about this all the time, Sleep is just as important as your nutrition and your exercise, and you're secreting hormones at night when you're in these deep periods of sleep. So if you're not getting that type of sleep, seven to nine hours a night, it's very possible that you're experiencing a lot of hormone shifts. And when you have hormone changes in your body, so many things will happen that are not a benefit to you. Of course, I help so many people with weight loss. The really big thing is if you are not getting enough sleep, you're not going to be excreting the hormones you need for weight loss, and weight loss will be really, really difficult. But there's a lot of other things going on, and you really need this sleep. It's the body's time for restoration, recuperation. It's when toxins are flushed out of the brain. Tissue is repaired, muscles grow, memories are consolidated, and they say this is when hormones are released, right? I just said that. 
So over time, getting too little sleep or fragmented sleep impairs your concentration and your mood, and it truly increases the risks for obesity, high blood pressure, heart disease, diabetes, stroke, cognitive decline, premature death, and possibly glaucoma. Nobody wants any of these things. We already know it's tough to age, right? So we've gotta make sleep a real priority. Now there are a long list of things that can interrupt sleep and you may have a number of them which compounds the problem even more. Now here's a few things that might be impacting your sleep because I want to be able to help someone out there. I want someone who's listening to this podcast to email and be like, you know what, you mentioned that one thing that could be hindering my sleep. And for me, that's the thing. I want to help someone out there, all right, team? What about electronics? I know this is a big one for so many people. Electronic gadgets, they are a convenience of modern day life, we all know that, but they really create inconvenient side effects when the light from the smartphone screens stimulates your brain and keeps you from falling asleep. Or when the noise from a TV show, a music playlist, or a podcast that's playing overnight rouses you from your slumber, they say. Let's face it, we know staring into these phones is making it harder for people to shut down at night. So it is really recommended that you put those phones away long before it is bedtime. Don't bring your phone to bed at night because you're probably going to make falling asleep a lot harder. Now, a second thing they say, that could be a problem is your bed partner. Well, you may not have a lot of choice with that one, right? It says, do you have a bed partner who snores or kicks while sleeping? Are pets or children climbing into your bed with you? You might not be able to sleep through the disruptions, especially if bed partners crowd you into uncomfortable sleep positions. Look, we all know, There's only so much you can do. For one, if you have little ones, there is just a time in your life where you just might not be getting very good sleep until they can learn to sleep through the night without you, right? I'm personally not a big pet should be in your bed fan because they wake you all night long. I am a big fan of pet having their own bed next to your bed, but that's a whole other topic. But if you're If your animals are waking you all night long because they're sleeping with you, well, just know that that's impacting your health. And so you might want to create a new situation where they have a bed on the floor and so they are not sleeping next to you. Now, if you have a partner who snores, I'm sorry, I cannot help you. It is very difficult. I know that. Uh, Luckily, my husband only snores when he just falls asleep and then he's done. So it's just like a very quick thing. But I had a, uh, my dad, he snores so loud when I was young, I could hear it in my bedroom. And that was with my door shut, his door shut. Um, So I know it's a thing and some people sleep with uh, something in their ears to not try to hear their husbands typically snoring. Um, it doesn't have to be a husband. It could be a wife, could be a partner. Everybody snores. It's definitely not just men, but do whatever you can to get sleep in any way possible, even if they're snoring. Now, food or alcohol is a big one. Eating or drinking anything with caffeine later in the day, and that's even chocolate, you guys. I don't know if you realize this, but you might take note of nights you have trouble falling asleep and then ask yourself, did I have any chocolate later in the day? It's obvious that tea and coffee, anything with that kind of caffeine is gonna keep you up, so you definitely don't wanna have that 
later in the day. Um, and then late night snacks, eating late, like right before you want to go to sleep, that's also not going to help you sleep well. Sometimes you'll fall asleep, but you won't stay asleep or you'll have those dreams all night. Like you just don't sleep deep. And often that's because you ate too late. Now your body is digesting all this food while you're sleeping and it can really impact your sleep. Drinking alcohol in the evening also promotes interrupted sleep. Alcohol can often help you fall asleep at first, but it creates that fragmentation where you keep waking up and you don't sleep deeply. So food and alcohol is something that you need to be aware of because they can impact sleep. There could be underlying conditions. So many health conditions can keep you from sleeping through the night. It could be sleep apnea, It could be chronic pain, neuropathy, hot flashes, stress, anxiety, depression, bladder issues that cause frequent nighttime bathroom trips, um, tinnitus, which is ringing in the ears. All of these underlying conditions can cause sleep problems. So if any of those are something that you have right now and it's impacting your sleep, you may need to see a doctor and get help with that because that's definitely something that you want to work on. You don't you're pro, you could potentially have those problems forever, but you don't want fragmented sleep forever. So definitely work on that. Now, also medications. There's pills that are supposed to help us cope with health problems and not cause them, right? Yet some medications do interfere with sleep. Things like antidepressants, steroids, beta blockers that treat high blood pressure, and drugs that treat attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. These things can impact your sleep. So if you're taking these and you're struggling with sleep, again, talk to your doctor. What about your sleeping environment? Is your bed uncomfortable? Is your room too hot? Is there light coming in through the window? All of these things can interrupt your sleep. It's funny, talking about beds, we just got a new bed this last month. Ours was probably like 12 years old, and my husband and I hate bed shopping more than anything. That's why we put it off for 12 years. But I was starting to wake up every morning with a very achy back. And my mom had just gotten a new bed. And she told me, ever since I got my new bed, I don't have any back pain. And I was like, oh gosh, I gotta get a new bed. So we got a new bed and I have to say, my back isn't hurting like it did before. So having a bed, that is comfortable and not old and not slouching in the middle where your body imprints, it can make a big difference in your sleep. So do make sure your sleep environment, including a comfortable bed, the temperature of the room, is it dark in the room, things like that, make the sleeping environment what it needs to be to help you get your best night ever. Now, if you frequently wake up feeling that you didn't get enough sleep and if that's interfering with your day, It is time to get help. Your primary care doctor can look for causes of sleep interruptions. And if necessary, I mean, there are some medications that can help, but I'm not a big fan of taking sleeping pills, anything like that. But I do think if you've been struggling for a while with your sleep, it is worth talking to your doctor. Because again, it would be like saying, you know what? I just haven't been able to eat healthy food for the last three months. 
Well, we know that's not gonna benefit your health, right? Well, it's the same for sleep. That's how important sleep is. It's right up there with nutrition. If you're telling me I haven't been able to get good sleep in the last few months, it might be time to talk to a doctor. It's never a bad thing to talk to a doctor if something is not going right for you. It doesn't mean you have to do what they say, but it's always good to get a proper diagnosis. All right, so there you have it. I'm a huge fan of sleep. I average uh, eight hours every night, and that means I average eight. So sometimes it's seven, but sometimes it's nine. I value sleep highly. I value it so, so much. So please take your sleep seriously. Now let's get to a much more fun topic, which is Halloween. I love Halloween. I hope you love Halloween. It is a great holiday. I'm a big fan of celebrating all holidays because life is sometimes tough. And so we gotta live each monthly holiday and make it a great day. Now this podcast episode and the tips I'm giving are really for the parents because I want you to stay healthy. I want you to feel good after this weekend and after Halloween. And I know a lot of people have um, Halloween parties this weekend. Halloween is not actually on the weekend, but I know you have parties and some people might be giving out candy early, all this stuff. And so I just wanna give you as many tips as possible to have an awesome Halloween without necessarily feeling really not great. I was gonna say a bad word, but I won't say it because some kids listen to this. So I want you to feel amazing the day after Halloween or after your weekend of Halloween parties. So these are some great tips to make that all happen. The first thing I want you to do, whether you have a party for the Halloween weekend or you're going out trick-or-treating on Halloween day, I want you to, number one, I want you to fill up before you go. Meaning, if you're going to a Halloween party this weekend, you know there's probably gonna be a lot of unhealthy food. Maybe you eat dinner, before you go so you don't show up starving. How about that? But more importantly, before you go trick-or-treating, I really think it's important that you eat a healthy meal. Your kids too, all of you should sit down, eat a healthy meal, kind of fill up on all the healthy food before the candy even starts. Because if you go trick-or-treating on an empty stomach, you're going to be eating the entire bag of candy that your child is collecting. Am I right? That will absolutely happen. So be sure that you and your kids have a nourishing meal or some really big snack before you go. But I personally think you should eat dinner before you go. Number two, on that Halloween uh, day, do me a favor. When you're buying candy for your house to give out to others, as most of you know, I always recommend, do not buy that Halloween candy until I think the day of Halloween. So I used to say the day before, but that even gives you a night that you might start digging into that candy. And I really think on your way home on Halloween, go into wherever it is you buy your candy and get your candy the day of. Because then there is a lot less chance that you're going to eat the entire bag and need to go out and buy even more candy before Halloween even hits. We all have been there. 
including myself, and you don't want it to go that way. Whatever you do, do not go to Costco the month before Halloween. It's already too late for that. I should have told you a month ago. Do not go to Costco and buy two huge bags weeks and weeks before Halloween because you know you're going to start eating it way before Halloween even happens. The next thing um, that you could do if you don't even want the temptation of having all that candy in the house before Halloween, don't give out candy. Do you know how many parents would be thrilled if you gave out things like those temporary tattoos or stickers or bubbles? Kids love those glow sticks as well. And that's really nice to have as an option because some kids have food allergies, right? And so therefore they can't eat a lot of the candy that people give out. So it's really nice if you don't give out candy. Or I love the, I used to love the people who gave out toothbrushes. Of course the kids hate that, but the parents really love it. And so maybe you're the person who gives out something that's not candy and that's going to be less temptation for you. And then the very last way to handle the candy situation sitting in your house, if you are going to buy candy, pick a candy that you despise so that you're not even tempted to eat it. Like if I bought an entire bag of bite-sized Snickers, forget it. Game over. I'd eat the whole bag. You might laugh and think, no, Kim Eagle wouldn't do that. Kim Eagle would do that. Like, you guys think I have some kind of superpower and willpower, you know, beyond you. I don't. I just don't keep it in the house because it is too easy to eat things like that. So pick a candy you hate. For me, it would be those little smarty candies. Any of those kinds of like sugar candies, I cannot stand those. So I would, I used to always buy bags of those kind of sweet and sour sugar kind of candy. They just like, literally, they make me like salivate in a negative way when I think of them. But pick a candy you don't like and help yourself out by not having that extra temptation in the house. All right, the next thing that you can do if you are going trick-or-treating, I... I don't, I never did this, but apparently a lot of people do. This has been brought to my attention. Some parents would drive their car from house to house or sort of drive while their kids walked from house to house. I didn't even know that was a thing. Uh, Don't do that. I want you to walk with your kids because if you're walking, then you're moving and you're burning calories and that's going to help you as well. So no driving the kids. Let's walk wherever we're going to go if that's possible. The next thing is you should have a plan, whether it's your Halloween party this weekend or Halloween. If you don't want to eat a ton of bad stuff at the party or have too many cocktails, then please tell your partner what you're committed to. Hey, help me stay on track tonight to my partner. That's what you say. Help me stay on track tonight. I only want to have two drinks max. And if there's a ton of candy out, do not let me have more than one candy or whatever it is. Have a plan. Same for Halloween. Hey, keep me on track tonight. Don't let me have more than two candies. Whatever your commitment is, I'm saying two because I think that's a good amount, right? (laughs) Maybe three. Um, Have a plan and ask someone to help you stay on track. Get that extra accountability. I think it really will help. The next one, if you are going to pick some treats to have at the Halloween party or Halloween night, could you pick a bite-sized candy over a full-size candy bar? 
First of all, did they even give out full-size candy bars anymore? I mean, back in the day, people did. But these days, I feel like a lot of people do bite size, and that's probably for the best. But I'm gonna tell you that if you are gonna enjoy your favorite candy, like say for me, like a Snickers bar, at least choose the bite size over full size. Now, your next tip. If you're really trying to stay on track, maybe you're on my program and you're like, I am not gonna let that scale be up on Friday. I'm not gonna let Halloween undo all my hard work then you could bring your own snack for trick-or-treating. And you know, I've said this before, but protein bars are really just glorified candy bars, but at least they tend to be a little higher in protein than most candy bars. So maybe bring your absolute all-time favorite protein bar. Maybe you don't have them that much because they are loaded in calories. Um, But how about for Halloween, you'll make that your treat, and then at least you're getting a little benefit of extra protein. And that might be something that keeps you from eating the candy as well. Another good way to not eat too much candy at Halloween is to chew gum. Bring some gum with you. For me, if I have like minty breath, get some real minty gum then nothing really tastes good, right? Like chocolate doesn't taste good after you brush your teeth when you've got that minty flavor. So get some minty gum and keep that on hand too because that also might help you limit how much candy you eat. And the most important thing is do not let all the candy that your kiddos get sit in the house after Halloween. So you may have your own family rules or your own family traditions, but when you come home with that enormous bag of candy, some people like to have their kids pick out their favorite pieces and then donate the rest of the candy. I think that's a great idea. You can donate to the troops. There's a homeless donation for Halloween candy. There's so many places you can donate candy that I think that's a, another way to also like share with your children. Like we get X amount, but then let's also donate to others who need. Um, so I highly recommend that so you don't have massive amounts of candy sitting in your house for the next God knows how many months, right? Because again, the reality is if it's in the house, it's a temptation. And on a bad day, you're going to go for it. I would go for it. So don't assume that you won't go for it. And again, make life easy for yourself by not having the temptation around. So again, you have to come up with whatever works for your family, but it is a really nice idea to donate the majority of candy, whatever program you have. uh, I just would say, keep the candy out of the house. Now, if you must keep the candy and your kids are like, I'm not gonna give it away, this is my candy, then ask them to hide it from you. So that when you are having a tough time, you do not find the candy, right? So again, do your best. That's all you can do. A few things that also sometimes help me are these reminders. So sugar reminder. Even one day of unusually high added sugar intake, like for example, Halloween or a big Halloween party where there's like tons of Halloween treats all over, that can cause a short-term spike in blood sugar and insulin levels, and that can lead to increased cravings, energy swings, acute inflammation in your body. 
And that doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel good later that night. It doesn't feel good the next day. Sometimes that means you crave even more sugar the next day. And so it really can become like a, a vicious cycle. So sometimes I remind myself of those things before I dive into a lot of candy. You might not want that. Another thing you might want to avoid is sour candy because sour candy is one major culprit when it comes to tooth decay. So if it helps you think of these little health things, you don't really want tooth decay, right? And because the sour candy is extremely acidic, um, that's what gives it that like tang flavor, it can easily erode tooth enamel. So you might not even want your kids to have some of the sour stuff because that's not ideal or not too much of it, right? The gummy candies are very low in nutrition as all candy is, but the gummy candies really sit on your teeth as well. And so those also can increase the risk of cavities. So sometimes I like to think of those things too. Like sometimes I just give myself all the education possible to make the right decision. And those little reminders sometimes just help you from going off the rails. At the end of the day, y'all, it's Halloween and I hope you have fun. It is here once a year. It's meant to be fun. You're gonna indulge a little if you want to and that's totally fine. It's what you eat every day or the majority of the time that impacts your health more than anything. So if you wanna go enjoy yourself on Halloween, again, I don't wanna say go enjoy yourself to the point where you're sick. I don't want you to sabotage yourself, but I think you should be able to go out, enjoy the evening, enjoy your Halloween party, have a little bit of control, make a few better choices if you can, and stay safe. That's the most important thing. So enjoy your families, enjoy the holiday, and get ready for some super fun, exciting news from Earn That Body for the new year. Things are looking good, and I'm excited to tell you about some new things coming. Um, But for now, we've got to enjoy all the holidays ahead. The Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.